This is Wrestling Nostalgia with Dave Dynasty. Greetings wrestling fans and welcome to Wrestling Nostalgia, a podcast that focuses on wrestling history. I am your host, Dave Dynasty. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we have I, I know I say this every time, but man, we have a really, really great episode here today for you. I have an hour-long interview with legendary referee James Beard. Now, James is a guy I wanted to talk to for a long time, right? Obviously, because his career warrants it alone. Uh, lots of stories, man, we didn't even touch on, on a, even a portion of them. So hopefully I'll have James back in the near future. Uh, but James is a guy that's obviously very relevant to speak to at the moment because of his connection to world-class wrestling and the fact that he has an appearance uh, in the new Von Erich movie, The Iron Claw. So I thought, ah, this is the, this is the right time to, uh, to pull James off the list. And, and tag him in, and let's interview him and talk to him. And it was a great interview. James is a lot of fun to chat with. And uh, again, I can't wait to do it again in the future. Uh, we're not going to, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about a whole lot, because like I said, this is a, a really, really great interview that I want to get to. Uh, but one thing I do need to mention is, uh, well, first of all, Happy New Year, right? This is the first episode of 2024. Uh, the holidays are now behind us. Hopefully everybody had uh, a good holiday. Hopefully everybody had some, some quality time with family, some quality rest time. Uh, and uh, hopefully everybody feels refreshed and geared up uh, for, for a strong 2024. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a huge resolution guy, right? I do set goals, but I set goals all the time. I'm, I'm a list guy. I'm all the time making lists and goals of things I want to accomplish, both you know, daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, whatever it is. I have uh, varying degrees of goals, and I love that satisfaction of marking something off my list. Um, but one thing that, that I can hope for is that, uh, man, I just... I just, and this is what I always want, man. I, I just, I wish people could uh, get along a little better or at least be a little more respectful uh, in all facets of life. But, you know, we focus here in the wrestling world, right? You know, wrestling is what it is. We all love wrestling from one degree or another, right? No matter whether it's some, a, a particular territory, a particular promotion, a particular time period, whatever it is, we all have a love and passion for wrestling. Um, so let's be you know, let's be respectful of other people who have that love as well. And hey, we, we don't all have to agree on what we like. We don't have to all agree on what we enjoy. Uh, but hey, Ben, let's just let's just have a little respect, have a little common courtesy. You can have debates and discussions on things without it turning nasty and ridiculous. Uh, so let's let's do that, right? And uh, so that's my two cents. That's that's all I'm gonna spend on that. Uh, one piece of news, though, I do want to speak of is the passing of Killer Khan. Um, I, you know, I, I mean, I loved Killer Khan when I was young. Uh, you know, I loved the, you know, him breaking Andre's leg. I, I loved his his feud and his matches with Hulk Hogan. Um, he was, I think, an underappreciated heel, right? He he really had that that menace and that you know that was a that was kind of a bread and butter of wrestling at the time, right? That foreign menace, and he was he was great at it, and um, had the, had just his facials and his look and his appearance were were just were scary, right? They were they were what they should be for a villain. And, uh, you know, he was a, a perfect adversary uh, for some matches with Hogan, right? And that long list of of heels, you know, nasty heels, big heels, whatever you want to call them. The, the, all the, the heels that, you know, were fed to Hogan during that, that long run in the 80s. Uh, he was a, a perfect guy to be on that list and have some matches, right? You know, blew the mist, did different things. Uh, really, really was, uh, was, was perfect in that role. And uh, very, uh, I don't know, again, I think he's very underappreciated. When I was a kid, I always... I always wanted a Killer Khan action figure, right? And uh, outside, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there, there's some stuff that uh, came out in Japan of him. 
but there's nothing stateside, right? There was no LJN, there was no Hasbro, there was uh, there was no nothing, right? No Mattels or Jacks or anything. So, uh, not to my knowledge, has there ever been a an official release of a KillerCon action figure stateside? And uh, man, that's that's pretty rough. That's pretty wild. I thought, man, KillerCon would have made a great LJN, right? I mean, that would have been that would be cool. That would be great. But I always wanted him when I was a kid, so that I could uh, add him to my collection. But uh, needless to say, uh, sorry to hear about the passing of KillerCon. He was again what I said, great at what he did, very underappreciated. And um, one of those, you know, one of those lost talents to the, the time of wrestling, right? A, a lot of people look back on that uh, that time period and some of the rivals of Hogan and, and Andre and different things. And you know, I don't know if Killer Khan gets spoke of enough in that. But uh, uh, so anyway, uh, sorry to hear about the passing. Hopefully, everybody will look up and watch some Killer Khan matches and, and gain a new appreciation uh, for him in his career. All right, but speaking of uh, a great career and appreciation. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, I'll have that phenomenal interview with legendary referee James Beard, so stick around. If you like horror movies, be sure to check out Dave Dynasty and Ike Isaacs on the Listen to Their Screams Horror Podcast. It is available on all podcast platforms and on social media at Listen to Screams. That is Listen, the number two in Screams. All right, and welcome back to Wrestling Nostalgia. At this time, I'm joined by legendary referee James Beard. James, how are you? I'm doing well, Dave. How are you doing? I am doing very good. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for making time. Uh, you've uh, you've been on my list to talk to for quite a while, uh, and I, I thought, well, you know what? Now's the time. It's 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 a relevant time to talk to James Beard, and we'll we'll <laughs> get to that uh, here in a bit. Uh, but uh, you, uh, you're, you're a guy that I've wanted to talk to for a long time. You got a lot of stories to tell, and I'm, I'm ready to dive into them. All right. Well, when we uh, before I like to start by t- asking people, how, how did you become a fan of professional wrestling? Oh, I don't, you know, it's kind of hard to say how I became. It just, it just something that happened. I, I watched it from the time I was just a small kid. Uh, you know, watching it on old black and white TV. We lived about 90 miles east of Dallas, and. Um, uh, didn't have any cable. We just had an antenna, and sometimes you could pick up Dallas station pretty well. Sometimes you couldn't, but we usually watched wrestling on Saturdays. You know, we came came out of the Sportatorium and out of the Northside Coliseum in Fort Worth, and uh, um, it's just one of those things that that um, I guess I guess it's just a natural thing to do at the time. Now, folks watched it, and I watched it with them. Yeah, and I I've listened to some other interviews, and you, you were an athlete. Uh, you're growing up. I, I heard uh, you you played some sports all the way through college, I believe. Did did you yeah. ever did you ever think though? Hey, uh, this wrestling thing's something I want to do. Uh, was it ever an aspiration for you? Uh, I never. I don't know that I ever really aspired to be a wrestler. I I, uh, I was always interested in the business and always interested in, in in maybe being a part of it at some point. But I was I was I was, as I grew up, I, I played sports, but then I got involved in music and I played music for a long time. And, and that's uh, that's really kind of what led me into wrestling. Yeah. Well, tell us about that then. How did how did how did music evolve to wrestling? Well, I'm playing in, in, in around the Dallas area and in different places here and there and uh, um, got to know some of the guys that come out, you know, and, and, and I'd meet some and and more and more, more and more as time went by and. And, uh, you know, that eventually they'd start talking to you about it, you know, and, and the topic would come up and I'd talk about wrestling. And then I guess some of them started figuring out that I kind of 
kind of had a clue. You know, I'd been watching it a long time, and, and um, uh, they eventually started. Uh, uh, actually, it was it was mostly Bruiser Brody. He he, he mm. kind of pushed me into it. He just kind of said, you know, I think you I think you'd be good at this, and and eventually, you know, he just kind of said, yeah, you need to try 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 getting involved, and then I stuck my toe in the water for a while, and and uh, while I was still playing music, and then eventually it became kind of in demand, and and uh, had to make a choice. And yeah. That- yeah, it's kind of funny when you look back on Bruiser Brody. Uh, he was he was ahead of his time in a lot of ways because I you you've seen some interviews where he uh, he kind of breaks kayfabe a little bit, right? He kind of goes lets you peek behind the character a little bit. He was obviously you know you know obviously that independent kind of guy did went where he wanted, never really signed contracts anywhere. Uh, you know, obviously st- you know stood up for himself when he thought he was getting shorted pay. I, I, I'm originally from Indiana. Uh, he had a run in with Bruiser, uh, Dick the Bruiser, mm-hmm. overpay. Um, yeah. Stood up for himself. So, it, in a lot of ways, a lot of the stuff what Bruiser Brody was doing is, is kind of the norm now. And he was, I think he was kind of ahead of his time in, in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, he was, he was very complex in a lot of ways. He, he was a very intelligent guy. And, yeah. Uh, he started out as a sports writer. Is that correct? Yes, he, yes, yeah. he did. Yeah. yeah. He, he was a sports writer. And then he, then he, he uh, eventually got involved in the business because he was an athlete too. He played, mm-hmm. played college and a little bit of pro football and uh, um, you know he, he kind of got he, kind of like myself he kind of got uh, thrown into it a little bit you know and and uh, but he, he always kind of had a little uh, a way of thinking out of the box sometimes and and uh, and he was definitely different in that way yeah I, I agree and uh, I mean you started I think around 1986 uh, and you talked yeah. about these you know these guys talking you into it and, and you getting into it uh, 86 in Dallas it was there's a little past the prime years but there was yeah. There was still a lot of great, great talent there. Uh, yeah, yeah, still a, a good time for Dallas. Uh, let's talk about you guys. Let's let's talk about Bruiser. We talked about him a little bit. Uh, at this time, I believe I think Bruiser was a big face in Dallas uh, at that time. Uh, yes. t- talk to me about Bruiser. What was he like working with? Uh, well, I mean, one of those guys that his style was it was one of those things where you just basically kind of stay out of the way, you know, as a referee. Um, uh, you're not gonna, you're, you're, you're basically going to have a brawl. And that's yeah. just the way it was. He, he was capable of working. I mean, you know, he had some 60 minute matches with, with uh, flair and, and, and if, if he wanted to, he could, he could wrestle. Yeah. But, absolutely. uh, uh, but that's not what they paid him to do. Yeah. You know, they, they paid him to be, they paid him to be Bruiser Brody and, and that's what he did. And, and, uh, and, you know, he was, he, in, in that respect, he was very different than a lot of guys to work with because you because you just you know if, if, if as a wrestler working with him you, you had to fight back and as, as a referee you just kind of chase him around you know and stay out of the way. Yeah, he's a, he's a fascinating man, a fascinating. Character. It's it's always that one of the big what ifs. You know what if what you know obviously what happened to him in Puerto Rico hadn't happened of what what would have you know had been long term because I you know he had a great mind right like we talked about he's an educated smart man. Uh, had a good mind for the business. I man, I think he could have if he had chose, right? Because that's that's the thing with Bruiser Brody. He, he's not going to do anything he didn't want to do. Um, yeah, he he had a he had a desire to to at some point, um, you know, he, he knew that there was an end to it and into his, his his wrestling career, and and he had a desire to do some things afterwards, probably staying in the business somehow, maybe even having his own promotion. And yeah, uh, he probably would have been very good at that. Yeah, I agree. I think so. Um, a great guy, but uh, and obviously also around that time, obviously Kerry, Kerry, uh, Kevin Von Erich were still in Dallas. Uh, yes. You, you hear 
all kinds of stories, obviously, about Kerry and Kevin. They're, you know, obviously the most known of the Von Erichs. Um, what was it like working with them? Because you, you hear lots of lots of stories about about, you know, Kevin being a little stiff, carrying, a, you know, for lack of a better word, Kerry being a little a little I don't know how to describe it. Right. A little <laughs> flaky, clueless. I don't know how you want to put it. I don't, I don't, I don't mean to disparage him, but, you know, a great athlete, great wrestler. But, uh, you know, not uh, not always mentally there. Uh, well, what was it like working with them? Yeah, they were very different. Uh, Kevin was very aggressive. Uh, he was a guy that, that basically you get in the ring with him, you, you better fight back. You know, mm-hmm. he's just going to keep coming until you, until you stop him. And uh, he would work with you if you did. But, but uh, if, you know, as, a, as an opponent of, of, of Kevin's, uh, you, you could get ate up real quick if you didn't, if you didn't fight back. And, and uh, he, he would just keep coming. Um, Kerry, on the other hand, was, was – Kerry was a great follower. He was a, he was a guy that if you put in the ring with with, with good a good wrestler or some or somebody who could call the matches, then then uh, he 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 could have great matches with anybody. Yeah. But uh, um, he wasn't a guy who was going to lead a match. He, it just wasn't his style. Yeah. Uh, but he he could do it. He could do anything. I mean, he had he, he had, all those all those Garner boys were well trained. I mean, mm, you know, yeah. there's people kind of think that they, they were pampered and all this kind of stuff. And no, they were, they were, they, they went through the, the mill, you know, and, and they were, they were well-trained. They just had different styles. And, uh, and, yeah. and Kerry was just different from, from, from Kevin and, and, and David before them was different from them. For those two guys, he was, he was more of a classic guy. He's more, a little bit more like his dad in some ways, mm-hmm. but, uh, um, uh, but he, he was the, really more the, more the uh, worker of uh, any, all three of them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cause yeah, you hear a lot, you know, right. Because you know, the, everybody thinks about the Von Derricks of Dallas, but they got around, they worked a lot of different places, you know, St. Louis, oh, yeah. uh, David did the stint in Florida as a heel. Um, yeah. you know, you know, Kevin would run, there's, they, they went everywhere. They could, they could work. They were versatile. They, they could, uh, you know, work anybody. And, and you do make a good point. Carrie. Yeah. I mean, you think of the, the, the greatest carry matches and their guys against guys like Flair, Lawler, Henning, the guys that were going to lead the match that were going to, yep. <laughs> that were going to yep. call it. And then yep. that's, that's, yeah, that's something to be said. Yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's just, no, no, no. That's, that's just the way he was, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I knew a lot of guys that way that, that weren't great, uh, uh, leaders. And, and generally those guys were baby faces, pure baby yeah. faces. Right. And, and, and uh, uh, and, and, Kerry obviously was that, you know, yeah. that's what it was. And, 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 you know, you're, you're right. They got around a lot of places and they were very successful in places like Missouri where, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not, a, if you're, if you're not a, a great wrestler, you're you, back in those days, you weren't going to yep. get over in Missouri. And, nope. and, uh, Absolutely. And, and, and they, you know, they did that and, and yep. they did well there. Yeah. St. Louis is, I mean, is often viewed as the, the grooming for the next world champion, you know, the world champions and, Absolutely. uh, yeah. and the Von Derricks were big, big successes there. And yes. then there was obviously, <laughs> then there was the controversial Lance Von Eric, um, yeah. who who was brought in. What right? Obviously not a, not really a Von Eric. That's all been covered. And uh, but you know while people now looking back kind of laugh at it, Lance was over. Uh, and uh, you know he was brought yeah. in. He he played the role. People didn't know any different. Uh, everybody just everybody thought, hey, that's Waldo's son. And uh, and he was over. And and it you know the the Von Erics were always. There was a multitude, right? There's at least three. You go for those six man and, and yeah. they needed another Von Eric. And, that, and that's why he was brought in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
the, the Mike was Mike was having problems and David had died and, and there were only two and yeah uh, and yeah he that's why they 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 sought him out I, I you know it, I don't know why people blame Lance I seem to, he seems yeah. to get a lot of criticism for it but the, the truth is is that he had an impossible situation he he, he was brought yep. in to the most uh, 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 high-profile family, I guess you could you could name in wrestling at the time, and and uh, and he was really pretty green when he was brought in. I mean, he had, mm-hmm. that, he had worked a little bit up in the Northwest, but um, he, he really wasn't uh, an experienced wrestler when they brought him down here. I mean, he was kind of like a, a rushed type thing, and. Uh, and in and, and, and my opinion, I, and I always had a feeling when, when they decided to do this, I always thought, you know, it would it would have been more interesting and better to have brought in a European guy that was experienced, that was, uh, say, a guy like a Fit Finley, somebody like mm-hmm. that, yep. and, and, and have him come in as more of a rough edge, you know, instead of being just exactly like the other boys. Yeah. And, and, and at some point... You know, when, at some point you had another angle built in right there. So, you mm-hmm. know, if if you wanted to do that, you know, so yeah. there there was. I just think it was a mistake to begin with, but uh, and 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 kind of a rush deal, and and it was unfair to Lance, really. Yeah, I agree, and it you know it's. Uh, I mean, I you know I understand that there there was an issue, there was a problem. They tried to they tried to solve it the best they could, I guess. And it, it didn't work out. I think they kind of underestimated maybe their fans and the crowds, but, uh, you know, hey, that's part of wrestling. You went, you know, something happens. Uh, during this time, though, like you said, you, you were working there, uh, you know, in the, in the late years of world class. Uh, but, but again, still, still, you know, some good, some good stuff going on. Do you have any moments or matches that really stand out for you? You grew up a fan of world class, watching world class. Uh, and then here you are, you know, in the sportatorium. You know, working with these guys, do you have anything that really stands out to you from your time there at World Class? Uh, you know, I, I I don't know about particular matches. You know, there, there's there's been when I think about matches that I enjoy the most, a lot of times there are matches that happened on the road somewhere. You know, like mm. on a, a spot show or or uh, uh, maybe an undercard match or something that was just really good and that kind of thing. I I've always been kind of the one that, that I, I, I never was really you know, all that, all that helped up about high profile matches. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. it, I, I enjoyed being in that, so those situations, but they weren't always, always the best matches. You know, the, 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 the best ones sometimes were like undercards. I remember one with Brian Adias and, and, uh, 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 oh, uh, Gene Kanishka's, Kanishka's son, uh, uh, Nick, Nick. No, yeah. it was, no, uh, uh, the other son. Oh, Kelly. Kelly, Kelly, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. One of the best matches, you know, I think Brian was Texas champion at the time, but one of the best matches I've ever ever seen. And it was just a, a you know, it was it was an undercard match. But those are, those are the kinds of things I think about when I think about my favorite matches, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, but, but the experiences of working with, with the guys like the Freebirds and, and, and working with the Von Erics and working with guys that, that, that everybody knows, you know, those names, you know, Kabuki and, and, mm-hmm. he's, and yeah, Chris Adams and, and, you know, and Ice and all those guys. It, it was it was just a surreal experience almost. Yeah, I man, Iceman Parsons. I, man, I always loved Iceman Parsons, and I always thought he was under so underappreciated. 
man, that man could talk. There are still lines that that guy that, that I spent Parsons said in world class that I still use to this day when I'm talking well, to people. I mean, joking around. If, if, if you watch <laughs> if, if you watch some of Rock's uh, interviews, yeah, yeah, they, they, they ripped them right off the ice, man. You know, uh, I am I am all the time saying raggedy Rudy Boo. And, <laughs> yeah. and it's all because yeah, of Ice Man Parsons. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no telling how many times I was in the ring with Ice, and, and always enjoyed it. He was such a great, and and he enjoyed being a heel more than he did a babyface. And and yeah. and we had so much fun. You know, it was it was just a those those guys were just just a, a joy to work with. They were all so talented. You know. Yeah, and what was it? So what was it like working in the Sportatorium? Because you hear you hear stories, right? I mean, that it was not. It was it wasn't a great building. I mean that's that's I think a universal accepted. But uh, back in those days, these places they had character, right? They had a feel to them. Yeah. They they added to the show. What what was it like, especially with you? You know, you grew up on world class. What was it like working in the sportatorium? It was an atmosphere that you can't just create or and, and manufacture. It just has to be there, and 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 it was it was really special. I mean, yes, it was it wasn't a pretty building and and uh, and yes, it got hot in the summertime and it got cold in the wintertime. But uh, the the atmosphere, the feel, the, the, the fact that, that there wasn't a bad seat in the house, uh, it just it, and the, the, the look it had on even on TV, it had a great look. Yeah, you know? uh, it was it was a special place. I, I'm, you know, I, I still think about it every Friday. I think about, I, you know, I need to go to the sportatorium. And, and you know, of course, <laughs> it's not there anymore. You know, it, it's a. Uh, yeah. It was a special place when I when I did this this movie uh, this out now the first day I walked on set and they had recreated the sportatorium I walked in there and I and I looked and saw what they had done and I almost cried it was just incredible you know it's a special place yeah yeah that that's that leads me to what I was, was going to talk about the the Iron Claw next right there it was a movie right it's obviously it's out now it's getting a lot of talk and yeah. uh, and you're in it right you obviously you, you play a referee you play an official. Yeah. And yeah. uh, so how did that how that come about? How did you get uh, the cast into the movie uh, and what was that like uh, working on it? You I mean, you obviously mentioned what it was like seeing the, the sportatorium set. But uh, but yeah, how, how did that happen? Well, I, I, uh, I was in fact, I was I was in the traveling by myself. I go into somewhere in Louisiana and, and I got a call from uh, my friend Tim Storm. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he had talked to Lou Cox, who has been right. involved in a lot of movies and TV mm-hmm. shows and, yep. and that kind of thing. And, and Luke was involved in the casting of the of the of the movie, and and um, he had asked Tim if I, he thought I would be interested in doing that, and, and and I said, well, yeah, tell Luke to call me. I've known Luke a long time, and, and he did, and, and um, I said, yeah, you know, I'd be interested. And next thing I know, I'm getting I'm getting uh, information, from, you know, inquiries from A24, getting vetted. You know, you have to go through that. It's almost like. <laughs> Almost like going into the Secret Service to get it better. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, it, it, anyway, I, I went through all of that process and everything, and then and, and, uh, when, when I showed up on, on the set, uh, they all knew my background, knew who I was, and and they kind of leaned on me. Uh, you know, uh, Chavo Guerrero was the wrestling director, and mm-hmm. um, I'd worked with Chavo before, and of course all of his family, and. Um, uh, they they kind of leaned on me about you know did, did this guy do this or how would he do that and you know and 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 how would he react you know and, and so I'd been in a ring with all those guys you know so right. I, I was able to 
kind of convey some of that to them. And, and, and they were, you know, they were very receptive for that, you know, uh, yeah. Zach Efron in particular, he, he, you know, he'd say, well, how would Kevin do this? Or how would Kevin do that? And, and, and I'd show him or told, tell him and, and, you know, he would, he would do it. And, um, it, it was just an amazing experience really. Yeah, I can imagine. And, uh, especially for someone who grew up watching that at, you know, working with these guys. Yeah. Um, and, and you hear a lot of talk, right? I mean, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of historical. There, the dates are sometimes in the movie a little mixed up and different things. Yeah, it's not it's not a documentary though, right? It's right. we have to remember that it's that's, a Hollywood that, movie. Yeah, that's that's what I try to tell people. You know, I, I, you know, I I knew all those guys and I, I yeah. lived through a lot of that and 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 knew what the what the uh, history was and and how things happened and all that and and yes, the uh, the the timelines have, have were changed and there's some things that aren't historically accurate and and some things that were added just for dramatic effect you know Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's that's a movie you know that's what it is and and, you know if it were a documentary then yeah you could pick it apart you know and and, and justified about by doing that but you know i don't understand the the i mean i do understand i understand that that fans and, and and some of the, the wrestling smarts out there want to want to show how, how much they know by saying yeah. just that didn't happen and that didn't happen this way and that time and all that. Well, yeah, we all know that. Yeah. It's not what it is. It's a movie. Yeah. It, it I just sit back and enjoy it for what it is. And, it, and, and honestly, it's it's an incredible movie. The acting is is uh-huh. a one first rate. I mean, it's it's Oscar worthy acting and, and the and the script is, is incredible it was shot you know highly highly produced it's just incredible movie yeah i more than anything i am so glad that there's a movie out there that is getting attention that's in the theaters that has a good cast that you know, that's being talked about in the mainstream that is based on wrestling because wrestling doesn't get a lot of that and uh and it deserves it right because if you're you know there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in wrestling that's ready for the big screen that's just you don't even have to write the script it's there. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, the, the, the characters and the stories are there. Yeah, 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 and and, and that's what this is. And and and, and it's it, it's. And I tell people it's not really a wrestling movie. It is obviously based on a wrestling family, and wrestling yeah. is in. And I think the wrestling, the actual wrestling in the movie, is the best I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. Uh, and and part of that is because the actors actually did the wrestling scenes. I mean, you, there's not a you know they don't start a start a move and then cut away and then cut back to them after they take after the bumps have been taken. They do it. Yeah. And and it, it and it makes it look more real. And 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 that's that was one thing Sean Durkin wanted to do. He wanted to make sure that everything was as realistic as possible. And 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 he told me he said he said when you're in there just work it like you would work a match. You know, mm-hmm. vocally everything. And and that's what I did. And and that's how we how we shot those scenes. And and I think they came off that way. Yeah, and Luke Hawks and, and Chavo Guerrero are two great guys to have to do that because they understand, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Obviously, yeah, great wrestlers, wrestlers, great careers, and yeah. they understand yeah. Hollywood side, so they can sure. they can merge yeah. them perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that that that. That's the first thing, first step. You know, you got guys, you got guys at the at the bottom there that that uh, were teaching. You know, they were teaching these guys uh, wrestling moves before we even started shooting. And yeah. So they had some preparation before that, you know, and 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 they did a magnificent job of of, of showing them this and showing them this. In fact, you know, I, those guys were doing some things that I saw guys that were that that worked for 
three or four years it couldn't couldn't even do right you know but they were they were they were very adept at it yeah and i mean and a lot of the actors have you know in interviews have talked about you know their respect for wrestlers now and what yeah. they do and, yeah. and everything so that, those are all positives and who knows how many people are going to see this movie and then say hey this is this is yeah that was good that was interesting go out and, and search go on youtube go on google look up the von erics you know actually watch some matches yeah. and go down those rabbit holes you know you you know it, it's anything to get some, some toes in the door so for some people to to take an interest in this is a good thing for me. Yeah, you could, you could feel their respect for what we do when when we were shooting the scenes. I mean, it wasn't yeah. like we're just we're just we're actors and we're going to do this and we're not going to do that and all this kind of thing. They were they were insistent on doing it as realistically as possible. I mean, even Hiro Koda, who was the the stunt director, uh, they, you know, he was trying to make sure everybody was safe and and that was his job, you know. Yeah. And, and and he would bring in those, these the landing pads and stuff for these guys, you know, to, and to rehearse with and everything. And then when when they'd figure out what to do, he, the, the actors would say, yeah, take those things away. We're going to do it just like the rest <laughs> of them. you know. And so they were, you know, they were taking those bumps and everything right on the on, on the ring, you know, and and, uh, and and doing it just like we would do it in, in, in a regular match. And yeah. and. You know, and, and you could tell how much they respected what we did. And that, that meant a lot, you know, and it made, made everything a lot better, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping it opened some doors for maybe some other some other movies, right? Some other, you know, because, again, like we said, there's there's a lot of stories in wrestling that would make great movies yeah. that, you know, that yeah, the gen, general public would love. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and like I said, it's. It, it, it doesn't have to be a wrestling movie. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of human interest stories in wrestling that, that uh, are just there. You know, yeah. the, the, you know, the, the, this one of course is, is, uh, it's got a lot of tragedy involved in it. And, it, and it's, it's one of those things that, that I know had to be hard to write the script for and, yeah. and, and then find a way to, to, to shoot it and, and, and make it not such a downer all the way through. I mean, and, and, you know, and I think Sean did a good job of that. And they found a way at the end of the movie to kind of bring a little uh, hope, I guess, you know, yeah. and I think that that brought everything together. Yeah. And uh, from what I've heard uh, that Mar is uh, that Marshall and Ross, one uh, Eric Atkinson, I, I think they're, they have a bit part in the movie. Is that correct? They, they, I think they're well, in a scene. Wrestling yeah, in the background did. or something. They were, yeah, they were kind of. They were in the ring while uh, um, uh, Kevin was up in. He's like in the office looking down mm -hmm. on the ring, and the, there's two guys in the ring working out. You can tell that they're they're just kind of working out, you know, working on a match. And then that was Ross and Marshall. Yeah. You know? So uh, tell me, yeah. tell me what you think, having known the Von Erichs, having met some of those guys. What? Tell me what you think of Ross and Marshall. Oh, I love those guys. They're they're. Uh, um, First class people to begin with. I mean, just great guys, and uh, and and they're both very athletic. They're both uh, they're both pretty well trained. I mean, they went mm -hmm. to Japan and trained. Yep. And 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 uh, uh, you know, I think if if they had just strictly concentrated on wrestling and been in the right situation, they probably would have been big stars right now. Yeah. Uh, uh, if, you know, if they're put in the right place, you know, and, and used correctly. But, uh, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're great guys, uh, you know, and like I said, first and foremost, they're just good people, but, but, uh, uh, but they're very adept at wrestling. There's no question about that. Yeah, I, I agree. We had them on the show a while back and, and yeah, they're just, they're, man, they're just such gentlemen and, and such good guys. And, uh, 
you know, they, I love it. I love, I love guys that can bridge the history in the past to, to the, to the modern, right? These guys, they, they've, they've appeared on AEW recently and they, people are really receptive to them because they, they know who they are. They know that past. And, you know, and everybody talks about the Von Erich tragedies and the curses, blah, 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 and blah, blah. Well, here's, here's a little hope, right? Here's, here's Kevin's kids, you know, Fritz's grandsons that are, that are out there. And, and still, you know, and doing this, that what their family did. And, and that's, that's, that's hope, right? That's hope for the, the Von Erichs to, 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 yeah. you know, write and, the course. And that's kind of, that's kind of where the movie takes you at, at, at the, at the right place. You know, it, mm-hmm. it takes you to that point to where, you know, the, you know, I, I can tell you for a fact that, that Kevin never believed in a, a curse. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. It, you know, and, and, but if you do, if you believe in some, some stuff like that, then, then, uh, then it it shows kind of a, a, a place where you know maybe the curse was broken, yeah. If if there you know if there ever was some such a thing you know and 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 that, that and and those boys kind of represent that hope you know yeah. and, and and they do that in the movie even as young kids so yeah it, it's a it's a it, it, you know it's it's a downer story to tell but it's it it's got some it's got some uplifting parts to it and, it and it's got some funny parts i mean it's got some comedy in it too that it, you yeah. know this just just you you just know that that's kind of what happened here and there you know and, yeah. and, and funny scenes but it's it's a it's really just a very good movie yeah i agree i, I hope everybody will, will go give it a chance um and like i said coming out of the world class in those last years you, you were kind of there when things transitioned over to jerry jarrett yeah and the in the uswa and then yeah. it seemed like there for a while then that, you know, that, hey, things kind of revitalized that, you know, with Jerry coming on. So what when Jerry first took over and it switched over to the USWA, what kind of differences did you notice uh, there in well, Dallas? The, the revitalization, the, the the kind of rebirth really came before Jerry came in. And that and, and that was kind of the the predecessor to it was when Eric Embry took over the book. Yeah. And and Eric, Eric started, uh, uh, he basically uh he didn't have a lot to work with, you know. A lot, a lot of the guys were scattered, and 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 we were using a lot of of the local, the guys that lived around the area, you know, that had kind of been there for a while and that kind of thing. So, there wasn't a lot of money, and 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 um, and he was doing a lot with a little, and 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 he took it and 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 ran with it, and and he kind of became, he kind of became a a, a stone cold before stone cold, really. Yeah. It's you know, it, it, even though he didn't, he didn't look the part. I mean, yeah, Eric, Eric's a, a smaller guy, you know, didn't have a great body, you know, but but he he the way he worked and the way he presented things, uh, he just turned everything around. He caught he caught the imagination of the fans and and um, and and the fans started coming back again. And and that's when they led into to Jerry. Uh, coming in and, and, and of course they brought an influx of talent, you know, a lot of the, the Memphis guys had started coming in and, and, uh, there was a different style and, and some of the fans, you know, had to kind of adjust to that a little bit and, and, uh, and, and, you know, but it was, it was fresh and it was new for them because they, they hadn't seen a lot of these guys and, and, uh, it, it was, it was, it was different, definitely different. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like you're reading my notes because my next question was about, was about Eric Embry and how underappreciated he was. I was a huge fan of Eric Embry, still am. He's he's one of those dream interviews, the guy that I'd love to talk to. Um, I man, there was I like you said, he didn't have you know he wasn't a big guy, 
He, he yeah. didn't have that physique, but there was something about him. You know, he was well, he, he went by flamboyant. He certainly was. He he hooked yeah. you. Yeah, te- he, technically he was he, he was just he was really good. I mean yeah. he, he he was well trained. He, 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 he as a heel he was a smaller smaller heel, but man he was like a he, he was like a, a, a buzzsaw. You know he yeah. was just incredible, and and he knew how to get heat, and he understood that heat was was what sold. And and when he when he flipped things, it it worked just as well the other other way, you know. And, yeah. and that's that was his philosophy, you know. I, if I can I can flip this, I can become. He really had to, he had to trust himself basically, you know. Eric Eric was kind of you saw Eric running in on this match or running in on that match, and and, and at first you know you you think oh, he's overbooking himself, but then <laughs> then you start realizing hey this is working. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's, that was the key to, to bringing it back around, you know, and, and he, he knew how to do it, man. He, he understood that philosophy that, that heat sells and, and he just flipped it around the other way, you know, where, where the, the other guy was getting heat and he was, he was, you know, he was the recipient of it, but he was also a hero and, and yeah. it just, it just worked. Yeah. He, man, he always had, he had me invested in it. I think it was when it came down whether well, that match with him. I think it was PY Chu High or whoever it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And uh, you know when he beat him and they, you know they took down the world class banner and raised the USWA yeah, okay. banner and yeah. man, it was like oh you felt like oh there's you know everything's been saved everything's been you know they he he knew how to hook you and how to bring those yeah. fans in and, and, and get yeah. you invested in, in what he was trying the story he was telling. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was it was bittersweet, you know, seeing the the world class right. down, but. But at the same time, you know, it was it was time for a change there, and 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 and, I, and it probably would have been a lot better if, if everything had had worked out, you know, business wise with Jerry and Kevin and all. Yeah. Uh, you know that that turned into a bad situation. But uh, yeah. and and the funny thing about it is Jerry Jarrett told me several years later that 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 was his favorite time in wrestling, and <laughs> I wish yeah. would surprised me because I would have thought that it had been frustrated and and and, uh, <laughs> and have a negative negative uh, feeling about that that time but he told me that was his favorite time and I which is baffling to me but but uh, you know you never know <laughs> yeah and like you said there was uh, we didn't know it at the time as fans but there was, there was a lot going on right you know the, the family the Wonder family still owned the world class name so when Jarrett kind of kind of took over there he couldn't use the world class name as you know which is why they Transitioned to the USWA, the Memphis right. name. Right. Uh, but but later, Kevin Kevin did try to bring World Class back. Uh, you know, and and it it didn't last real long, but started out kind of well, hot. It it, 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 it you know, dwindled off pretty quickly there. It seemed like. But what was that revival well, like? Yeah. They, they, well, it was it was they, it was it didn't have a chance. There was no TV. They had lost right. channel. Yep. And uh, I you know at that time I was I was traveling to Japan a lot. I was work. I also worked with Kevin when he did that too. But but uh, uh, mostly did a lot of house shows, you know, and, and, and worked in sportorium a little bit. But uh, there, there was no TV, and, and, and there just wasn't a chance. There was no way. And then too many, too many negative things had happened. I think, you know, yeah. and and uh, and it just kind of it just kind of went its own way, you know. And and you know, and then then a couple of months later, I get a phone call from from Mac, and and. He said, you know, we got another group coming in here, and that was Joe Petticino and Global. You know, so it it didn't stay gone very long. Yeah, yeah, like you said, yeah, Joe, uh, you know, came in with the Global Wrestling Federation. Uh, you know, had a lot of great talent, and a lot of a lot of guys that 
beyond global, went on to really big careers. I mean, it's yeah. you know, it's like oh, they yeah. had a lot of young guys that were really great. Uh, so when that came in, and you know, after the USWA thing, and after the the missed revival, it kept, did everybody kind of feel, hey, this is this is the thing that's going to bring Dallas back to a little yeah. prominence? Yeah, there was a lot of hope there, uh, and and you know, and, and we thought, and, and I'm, I think Joe Petticino thought. There was a lot of money there, you know, to, to finance the thing. And then as it turned out, the, the money wasn't necessarily what he thought it was going to be. And, <laughs> yeah. and that, that uh, you know, that <laughs> that kind of killed that little project, you know, and, and, and you know, and then uh, and but, yeah, there, there were we, there were a bunch of guys coming in, a bunch of young guys that, that, you know, know today you know, or mm-hmm. uh, have known as, as being being big stars later on. They were there and, and, and uh, gave a lot of guys a, a, a lot of exposure. And, and yeah, it was it was a, it was a great experience. I, like I said, I was traveling back and forth to Japan a lot during that time. So I'd be gone. But um, yeah, but they even used that. You know, they made a, they made a big deal out of that. You know, that, yeah. you know I, I was in Japan working for Global, you know? yeah. <laughs> which I wasn't. But it, it just it sounded good. Yeah. You know? Well, but, but, uh, one thing that Global, even to this day, is really really known for people talk about are, are the matches with the lightning kid and Jerry Lynn. And uh, yes. those still get talked about a lot. Uh, yeah. What yeah. was it like firsthand being there for those matches a- at that time? Could you, could you feel, Hey, this is, this is maybe a glimpse at the future of what wrestling's going to be. Yeah. You know, I had no doubt about that. I, I was, like I said, I was going back and forth to Japan a lot. So I was seeing what they were doing. They, yep, they were right. taking a little, they were taking a little of the Japan style, a little bit of lucha and some traditional yep. wrestling and mixing it all together and making a, a whole different style out of it. And and those guys were so athletic and, and so smart, you know, that that uh, they knew how to do that. And, and, and that was boy, that was fun being those matches. Those are those guys were, were very inventive and and, uh, and and it just a blast to work with. But yes, I, I I knew I knew at that time that yeah this 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 is going to catch on and, and the next thing you know everybody's going to be following this and and if you go if you think about it that's really the predecessor to a lot of the, the what you see and and some of the things today although some yep. of it's not nearly as good no <laughs> right but yeah that's that's uh that's kind of what I was leading to right with the with the TV exposure they had and the fact that global was seen by a lot of people and uh. I, you know, I remember seeing those matches. I think, oh, what is this? You know, yeah. this is this is not your typical wrestling. And I, yeah. so I assume, yeah, like you said, a lot of guys who were young, who were wanting to be wrestlers, would look at that and say, that's what I want to do. I'm not, I'm not six six and three hundred pounds, but I can, I can do that. You know, I can be athletic and and, and do that style. And uh, you're right, right. that hybrid <laughs> style. That's, I think they were the kind of the forefronters of that. Well, and it was it wasn't long after that that you start seeing the Benoits and the, and the Eddie Guerreros and, yep. and the you know uh, and Dean and all those guys that are coming in and 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 all those guys that were that that uh, smaller size but they were just so athletic and 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 so well schooled and and you know the, the the that was a wonderful thing but the the sad part about it is is like a lot of things that become. Uh, I guess the thing, uh, a, a lot of guys saw that and they didn't understand that there was a lot of, of, of uh, solid base behind all of that. Yep, right. The, the psychology was always there, you yeah. know, and, 
and they instead of instead of building on that, a lot of the things I see today are just the moves, the psychology yep. there, you know. Right. And you know, but if you if you go back and look at it, that's where all that started. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I don't I don't really watch a whole lot of modern wrestling. I just I I try, but I just can't. It doesn't it doesn't hook me. It doesn't invest me. There's not that emotion. Because uh, like you said, it's just. I, they're they're like they're mimicking the moves, right? They they can I, they're they're great at, yeah, that, at doing that, the moves. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's that's what I'm missing, and that's why I can't watch either. I, uh, I, to me, wrestling is about creating an emotion, creating a feeling, and that's first and foremost. And if you and you know, all the athleticism and everything in the world doesn't do you any good if you can't do that. And yep. and, and that I see a lot of great athletes and a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of incredible things done in the ring these days, but uh, I'm really missing that psychology. I'm really missing that that you know when the, when a match is over with and you know exactly what they were trying to say and what they were trying to do. Yep. Uh, there's some exceptions, obviously, but yeah. uh, as as a whole, uh, you know, there's there's too many of them that, like I said, they 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 took the the athleticism, but they they forgot to, that there's another thing there that that element that, that's really missing. Yeah, and I also think there's there's a lot of variety missing, right? You you you, you saw a Lightning Kid and Jerry Lynn. It was different. It wasn't yeah. the same old. And, and yeah. guys looked different, different shapes, different sizes. You had big guys and monster guys and ugly guys and your athletic guys and your buff guys. And now it's just I don't know. Everybody seems to look the same. And um, yeah. there's not yeah, there's not variety. That that's another thing. You know, it, it's a it, a lot of guys don't look athletic either. But you know. Right. They, they, they look like guys that, that should be paying to get in. And, yeah. and you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, I, I understand, you know, not everybody's going to be buff and, and all that, but, but at least look the part, you know, yeah. whatever that, you know, and, 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 and I miss that too. That's true. That's, that's, that's a, that's one of those things, you know, when, when something starts, it, it, it sometimes it gets carried too far. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, another highlight of global is that, uh, Hey, you work some matches with Bruce Pritchard. In global wrestling, <laughs> oh my god! And it's a, it's a, it's it's especially funny to look back on it now, knowing Bruce Pritchard and what he became, and, and where he went. But how in the world uh, did that happen? That James Beard was working Bruce Pritchard in, in several different matches. There was tag matches. There was, I think, yeah. a boxing match. Yeah. What, what was going on? How did that happen? That was that was an Eddie Gilbert idea, and 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 uh, you know Eddie comes from that Memphis school. <laughs> yeah. So, so he's always he's always thinking out of the box a little bit about things. And uh, he came up to me one day and he said he, he said uh, uh, he said I want you to I want you to drop refereeing for a while and and and, and wrestle. And I went, What are you talking about? You because know, I was I was kind of helping Eddie with you know with the booking kind of his, his right hand man there in Dallas. And then and, uh, and he said yeah he said I got this idea and he told me what he wanted to do and. and it, it it started out crazy and ended crazy. I mean, it was it was it started with me in a there was a battle royal and 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 Bruce was a manager for several of the guys and, and Dark Patriot was one of those. That's Doug mm-hmm. Gilbert. And, yep, right. Uh, Mike Mike Davis. And anyway, it, they were in they were involved in the uh, uh, battle royal and. and Bruce jumped up on the apron to do something to help one of his guys. And I reached up and grabbed him and I pulled his pants down. And of course, knowing Bruce, he, he had a pair of, of uh, I guess like a G string on. It was, it was a horrible scene. <laughs> uh, and, uh, 
you know, of course, I laughed at him and everybody laughed at him. And as I was walking out, you know, his guys attacked me and, and Eddie came down and made the save. And, and that's what led to all the matches. And we had all these different matches and things. And then and it ended up with a, a, a match between it, uh, uh, Bruce and I where you had to pull the other guy's pants down. And that and Bill, <laughs> Bill Irwin was the, was the special referee. So. Uh. It was it, it was it was fun, but it was you know it was nothing. I mean, it definitely wasn't classic wrestling. But yeah. it, it was one of those things that Eddie came up with that that you know people were interested in it because it was different, you know, and 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 they watched it. I, 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 my friend John Layfield, JBL, he uh-huh. you know he does that podcast with, with Gerald Briscoe. Yeah, right. I, they, he, he was he was on me about that. He wanted to try to find <laughs> tape of it, and I kept telling him, "I sure hope somebody burned those things." I don't know <laughs> if, if, if he ever finds it. I'm I'm dead. But, yeah, well, I hope but, he does. I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> they got to be out there somewhere. And, and it's funny because uh, man, Bruce is yeah, Bruce is kind of a uh, I don't know how you want to put it, a divisive guy nowadays, right? Because People know him from the, his, you know, he's got a big podcast and he's a, yeah. a WWE executive and he did, he's the guy that did Brother Love. People forget Bruce came, I mean, he came from Houston. He was under Paul Bosch. Yeah. He was, yeah. he was a fan, man. He was, he was just one of us. And, and, you know, the guy had the passion. He has the passion and yeah. um, people forget yeah. that. Yeah. He and, he and Tom both, they, they kind of grew up there and, yeah. and around Paul Bosch and that, that, uh, uh, that atmosphere, you know, Bruce, Bruce was, you know, he was selling uh, programs and doing that kind of thing. Maybe doing, I don't know, he might have done some photography too. I don't remember, but he, he, he just, you know, he, he just kind of worked his way up in the business, you know, yeah. and, uh, and, and he ended up on that end of things. And of course, Tom was more interested in, in actually getting in the ring and working and he, mm-hmm. he's become, Maybe you know at least one of the top two or three trainers in the business. It's yeah. just an incredible. Both of them, both of them are very different guys, but they're yeah. they're both you know incredibly successful in what they've done. Yeah, man. Again, Tom Pritchard, so underappreciated. He oh, is man. Oh, silky yeah. smooth in the ring. I, I've I've done uh, uh, clinics with Tom, and he, he's just uh, he's so, so smart. smart, so incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, man, you've you've worked like you say. You talk about Japan and Dallas, and you you know you worked in WWE. You've you've worked virtually everywhere. You've you and you've experienced. We didn't even talk about. You've done a lot of other things, right? You've been on the you know the NWA board and done things with them and yeah. and different things with Hall of Fames. You you've done so much in this business, so many different sides. Yeah, and and, and really, you know, I, my my interest in when I I got into the business, of course, I started out as a referee, but I. I was always interested in getting involved in, in other areas and aspects of the business, especially the creative side. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, that's, that has led me to doing all kinds of different things in it. You know, I've done a little promotion. I didn't, I didn't particularly care for promoting side of things. It just, <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a dog eat dog kind of thing. Yeah, you know, I'm a lot of headaches. Like, you know, book me and I'll show up. <laughs> Um, but the creative side of it, I've, I've always enjoyed, and I still do that. You know, I've worked with a group here in in, in Texas that that I've gotten a lot more involved with in the last several months, and and, and I'm writing the format for them and, and starting to book the matches and and, and uh, the angles and that sort of thing, and 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 that's something I've always enjoyed doing. And and that, and that really started in Japan. I got 
uh, I got that opportunity to do some of that over there with my, my Kendo Nagasaki, uh, mm, Kazuo yeah. actually his real name, but he's the one that brought me to Japan the first time. And, and when the, the company we were working for split, he took a, took a group and, and, and took me with him and, and uh, gave me a lot of responsibility. And that, that kind of carried over to States, you know, and then really, really just kind of put me in a different situation you know in 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 working and and i've always enjoyed that part of it yeah what tell me what some of the differences you hear you hear a lot of talk about the differences between uh, japanese the japanese crowds you know and, and working in japan and working in the u.s uh what tell me some of those differences right because you hear the japanese fans are a little more they have this uh this respect right this yeah it's yeah, a little different it's it, it may have changed some in the last few years, I think, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. They get, they've gotten a little more Westernized, but yeah, when right. I first started working over there, the, the, the Japanese crowds were, um, they were what I would call smart, but very, very polite. And, yeah. and they weren't, they didn't react a lot to the same kind of things that you might react to in the States. You know, when guy was getting do some cheap heat, that kind of thing, they didn't care for that. They wanted they wanted to see guys, you know, just an escape, something like that would get a big pop, yeah. you know, or, you know, anything. They appreciated the, the, the technical side of things, I guess, a little bit more. And, yeah. and, and, and of course, you had the, the media over there, the, the newspapers and, and, the, mm-hmm. and the, the magazines. They treated the business like a sport. Yeah. And, and, and that was that was one of the reasons why I loved it over there so much, because it, you, you got treated that way. You know, you, you were you were a. a you were respected for what you do, you know, yeah. and, and over here it, it, it was, you know, you had the fans, obviously, you know, the, but then you also had the, the general public who kind of scoffed at it a little bit, you know, yep. and, and, yep. and, and there's just a whole different, a whole different ad, ad, atmosphere over there for how they treated the business and how they, how they looked at you. And, and I love that, you know, I love that mm-hmm. part of um, the, but the fans, yeah, the fans were a lot more reserved and, and a lot different over there back in those days. I, I, I think it's probably changed some, but it's it, it, back in those days, you had to you had to really be on the top of your game to even get over over there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's different. Yeah, it's different now. You hear guys say, "Oh, they." <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to put anybody down, but you hear a lot of guys now talking about working in Japan, but you know they're yeah. they're by they're playing you know paying their own flight and, and right. their own stuff. That's yeah. I I'll do you know whatever to them, but that's that's not the same. It's not the, no, you know, it's, it's different. When I first went to Japan, they were, they were flying us over their business class and, and mm-hmm. put us in, in the top hotels and, and, uh, you know, and, and treating us like stars, you know, yeah. it was a whole different thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was different, but you, but you had, like I said, you had to be at the top of your game and, and, uh, and, and you didn't get to go over there just to go, you know, it was, yeah. it was, a, it was, a, it was a, it was a real honor. Yeah. And they love, man. They love their their wild monsters, right? Their Hanses, their Funks, their oh, yeah. their Vaders, oh, yeah. their Brodies, man. They they yeah. they love those guys. Yeah, yeah. They they do kind of their uh, they go that goes back to that Godzilla thing, I think. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. They they like those <laughs> yeah. Western monsters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bruiser Stan, they come out and swinging chains and chairs oh, they, and everything else, and yeah. Well, they would scatter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you like we said we we've talked about all the different things you've done and whatever. Is is there something that you that you wish you could have done or done more of in your career that maybe you didn't didn't get to do or didn't didn't do enough of for your taste. Is there something that you always wanted to do, or, or like yeah. I said, do do more of? You know, I, 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 of course, I, I think maybe maybe being involved in the in a creative situation in, at a higher level, maybe I guess. Yeah. Uh, but 
but the my my biggest my biggest uh, uh, I, I guess not get <laughs> yeah I guess is how I'd put it, it, it you know I've I've always had this real desire to to create a, an alternative uh, to to be a part of that you know where yeah. where you're 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 not following the the crowd you know like that it tends to happen with most most promotions come up and, mm-hmm. and they do what everybody else is doing. And and I've had that opportunity a couple of times, and always something happens that that screws it around, you know, and yeah. and uh, and and that's that's been my biggest uh, I guess disappointment in the business more than anything else. And that, but as as far as getting to do things, uh, you know, I, I I've been very fortunate. I've been yeah. able to do a lot of things at high levels and 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 with very very good talent. And and uh, you know, I'm still trying. You know, I'm still trying. <laughs> You know, that's that's kind of what I'm trying to do with this this group in Texas is you know, and I, I don't have any aspirations of being a com- competitor to WWE or, or or anything like that, but I I, I think there's still a, a fan base out there that wants to see something different, yeah. and 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 I'm you know that's that's my goal is to try to try to get to a point to where that's that's uh, uh, a little more mainstream I guess and and. I thought I had it going at one time a couple of years ago with a group here in Texas, and, and a couple of things happened, and it just been, just blew up, and and that seems to be what happens with wrestling promotions, I guess. But yeah, um, was uh was that the SWA? Was that what that S- was? SWE, yes. Yeah, SWE. Yeah, man, I I watched them a lot online. They, they had man, there oh, was. I, I I know some of stuff happened, but man, there was some good stuff going on there. Yeah, we were we were that was all my baby. I mean, we were cooking. I mean, as far as the yeah. Cooking, and and uh, we we were doing really well, drawing well. Uh, uh, had a lot of TV things. Probably had too much. They, they probably mm-hmm. one of the things they did that made a mistake is trying to get too big too quick. But yeah. Uh, uh, but there were other things that happened with individuals that got involved. In, in, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you know, I'm not gonna name any names, but no. it was it, that that's that's been my biggest frustration in this business more than anything else. You know that that, that one. That one thing in particular really was a frustration because I really thought we had some. Oh, going. absolutely. There was, I mean, there was a lot of buzz and there was a, yeah. like I said, you know, a lot of people, when you went online said, Hey, look at this, look at this thing in Texas, man. This is fun. It's a, it's a throwback, right? It, it, it makes yeah. you remember what you loved about wrestling, but it had that enough modern in there, right? That, you know, is, it, it was like a fresh take on the, I mean, it was, it was great stuff. I was watching it all the time. And, uh, well, it, yeah, we won't rehash what happened. People can look that up. It's, it's all out yeah, there. But uh, Yeah, when, when it blew up, I was kind of like at the point where I was like, I, I'm done. I don't want to do yeah. it. You know, and and, uh, and 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 for a few months, that's the way I felt. And, and then I got uh, I got this call about this this group, and they were they were kind of waving in the, in the wind a little bit about as far as angles and and direction and that kind of thing goes. And and. I've been with them a few months now. We kind of we're we're starting to to put together um, more consistency and and the talent's getting better and and I'm, I'm you know I'm hoping that maybe you know maybe it's a second chance to do what I I didn't get to finish there and and that's what I'm that's we're getting closer we got some good talent and and uh, the matches are are beginning to come around to that it's called Texas style wrestling and it's beginning to start to look that way and. and uh, uh, and I've, I've got hope, hopes for that. And, and that's, that's, so I'm, you know, it's kind of like Act told me one time, he said, you can't retire from this business. Once that's you right. <laughs> he said, you know, that what happens is you, you either die or quit getting booked. <laughs> that's and, right. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm living proof of that. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's, once it's in your blood, man, it's hard to you can't let it go. And oh, uh, that's yeah, I mean that's that's what passion is, though, right? That's I think that's it is. It is. Yeah, that that that's it. When you love something, you know that way, and 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 are that passionate about it, then you just can't let it go. And I I hear people all the time. You say, I, I'm, and there's been a few examples of guys who walked away and never looked back, but not very many. Yeah. For the most part, it's. Yeah. If they walked away or they got left behind or whatever, if you, if you go back to them right now and say, "Hey, I've got this thing," and they'll they'll jump right back into it. You yeah. know, it's, it's 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 something that you can't get out of your blood. You know, it's like music, mm. same thing. Yep. You know, that's, yep. I can't like, I can't get that out of my blood either. I still do. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's just yeah, it's just it's just it's just the way you, it's the way I'm wired. You know, I can't yeah. help it. All right, yeah. so you so you still out there playing? Uh, I do some stuff with some guys here locally occasionally. Yeah. 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 What, and, what, what, what do you play? Uh, what kind of, what I, kind of music? Yeah. It was, it was mostly good country and, and, uh, okay. I even, do some, I even do some stuff at church now, you know? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And actually the, the, the musicians at church, uh, they had hit records back in the sixties. <laughs> you know, they, they, they were that good, you know, and, yeah. and they, I've known them for forever. And, yeah. and, uh, uh, that's how they kind of, they kind of drew me in there, you know, so I used to do some stuff with them nowadays and they still go out and play other places too. But, yeah. You know, so uh, I, I, I get my fix that way. Yeah. There's always been a good music scene there in Texas and, uh, I'm, I'm a big blues fan, man. I, I always love Texas blues, right? This, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan and, and some of those guys, that's, yeah. that's some, uh, great stuff. And, uh, yeah, good, good stuff. Yeah. The, the most of, most of those, even like ZZ Top and, and yeah, they, yeah, were, yeah. they were a boogie blues band, you know, and, and mm-hmm. all that stuff same derivative yep yeah and uh we talked about you know you've done a little bit of everything and that's not even mentioned in 2013 uh you released a book titled the third man my life yep. and times inside the ring and out uh, yep. what what inspired you at that time to, to write a book well i i have been doing some articles here and there from websites you know and, and they they they'd come to me and ask kayfabe memories was one of them uh, yep right mm-hmm. yeah they'd asked me to just write you know write a story once a month or something about about that first i think it started out just global mostly mm-hmm. and uh, uh, at some point you know people started saying you need to put some of that together in a book and that kind of thing and i thought well it's just kind of a waste of my time you know because i don't <laughs> think anybody would want to buy a book you know and uh, eventually, actually, Dutch Mantel kind of talked me into it. He said, "Yeah, you need to you need to go ahead and do this because he'd written something and, and mm-hmm. done pretty well with it." And Mark James is his, his uh, yep. Yep. publisher, and Mark said, "Yeah, put it together. We'll we'll put it in a book." And so I did, and I kind of I rewrote some of the stories I had already written and added some stories to it, and and then and and I wrote mostly about the guys that I worked with in the Texas area. You know the. the mm-hmm. Freebirds, Chris Adams, uh, Act, Gary Hart. There's a chapter on a lot of those guys, you know, and 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 then then I added a few other little tidbits in there here and there, and and one chapter about refereeing, just my thoughts about how it should be, and and I I get a lot of I get a lot of calls about that, you know, do clinics because they want they want their guys to read this, you know, that kind of thing. And it was it's been a it's been a a good thing for me. It's been well accepted, and and uh, I, you know I, I still carry a few books around with me, and I've got another book that's almost finished. That actually I haven't finished it, but I'm adding adding a little bit to it right now that I'm hoping to have out this year. That's good. Yeah, so I was going to ask you because I'd heard in an interview that you uh, this was from a, a few years back and said you were working on a second book, and 
Yeah, yeah that, I, you know, it's one of those things that take, uh, that first book took forever to write, too. But this, and this one's taking even longer because part of it is I, I just didn't know how to end it. I didn't know what, didn't know what the end was going to be, you know, because mm-hmm. what, what do you do, you know, and, mm-hmm. and what's the theme? And most of this is going to be, it's going to be some stuff in about my Japanese uh, time in Japan and about uh, uh, global and about uh, um, uh, some work I did overseas, like in, in Germany and other places and 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 uh, you know stories, just some some road story type things and that kind of thing, and 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 probably about the NWA when I was I was working with them closer, being you know, in the office there, and and yeah, and, and the sale of the NWA to to Billy, and you know, I was in the middle of all of that. Oh yeah, uh, and uh, uh, and and about you know kind of what I'm doing now, you know the the the, the things that have happened in the last few years that you know I I never dreamed that would happen when I wrote that first book, you know, that the hall of fame deals and that kind of thing, you know, it, it just, uh, it's, it's been a, a, like a whole new career in the last 10 years or so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, man, I'm, I'm a, I'm a book fiend. I'm addicted to, I buy books. Oh, I, I have so many books. My wife tells me I need to quit buying and I have so <laughs> many, uh, so many wrestling books and I'm always excited when I hear someone is coming out with a new one. So, I'm excited to hear that you're going to come up with the second book. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, 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 I like to read too, but I, I need to, this one has been, it's been a long time coming and I've had most of it done for a long time. And, and I just, you know, I just never kept felt completely comfortable with, with everything. And I'm, I'm getting really close to, in fact, I thought I had it finished, but I'm, I'm going back and rewriting a few things right now and, and trying to get it, get it ready to, to send off for the, to get, get a, a, a little critique and, 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 mm. uh, and, you know, and that kind of thing. And, 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 Hopefully, well, hopefully, I'm, my my goal is to have it out before the summer. Yeah, I mean, I imagine it's hard because it's like you know you, you haven't hung it up. You're still <laughs> you're still out there doing things, and it's, yeah, so it's like uh, yeah. all yeah, the time just, new stories yeah. that tell. <laughs> well, you know, when I when I wrote that book, the, the when I really when I was writing it, I thought I was kind of done. I mean, not mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I knew I knew that I'd be doing this and that and the other, but I I didn't really think I'd get too deep into everything. But but so much has happened, you know, with with my involvement in wrestling in the last it was since tw- two, that was 2013 whenever that book came out mm-hmm. and the last 10 years so many di- so many things have happened you know for me and to me and 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 uh and you know it's just a lot to tell and and, yeah. and so i'm i'm, I'm kind of going to try to do that and catch up on that and 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 then go back and, and tell those stories about working in japan and 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 overseas and, and the, the global stories, you know, the, the, yeah. that, that and that kind of thing. Some of the stuff we talked about. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. Like I say, you, you know, you're still the public eye. You got the book, you know, hopefully coming out this year and this coming year. Uh, you, you still make some appearances and do some different things. Is there yeah. anything else you got on your schedule that you want to, that you want to plug anything, well, anything coming well, up that I, you want to mention? You know, I'll be I'll be going into St. Louis SICW uh, that that uh, convention we did last year with uh, Herb Simmons. Herb Simmons, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that was his first one last year, and it was very successful. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll be going back again this year to that one. That's in this year is going to be in May, so that, that's that's a little bit earlier than it was last year. And then, of course, I still I'm still involved in in Cauliflower Alley. I go there, and, mm-hmm. and yep. I'm very, I've been very involved with the uh, the Tragus Fez Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, I've been working with the board there, and 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 uh, um, that's that's been a that's been kind of a, a passion for me too. You know, I've, I've really I've really gotten involved with that and, and become very close to all those folks, and 
and uh, and that's that's something that's very special to me. So I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'll be doing that and 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 probably making a few few other appearances here and there. You know, Comic Con type things here and there. You know, and then I'm getting called all the time about this since this movie's come out. You know, about mm, doing I bet. I'm, I'm sure I'll be out there doing something. <laughs> Well, so how can people follow you? How can they keep up for to, to watch for those appearances so they well, know when they can go out and meet you? Yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm not a big social media guy. I, <laughs> I do I do have a, 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 a well, it's not uh, it's X now, is it? Yeah. Yeah, X. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm still I've Twitter a, to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah I've, I've got a deal there, but I, I don't. I just mostly kind of just keep up with the guys there and Facebook same way. I I post. I post things that I'm doing and, and, you know, not very much personal stuff on there, but, uh, um, you can get in touch with me that way easily. You know, if yeah. some, if I check on it and if anybody, if anybody's looking for me, they can, they can catch me through Facebook somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everybody just, uh, watch for events in your area and uh, maybe you'll see James pop up. You never know. Never know. He stays busy. Uh, yeah. like you said, yeah. you've had, man, you've had a long storied career and it's not done yet. You're still out there, uh, making, yeah. making towns and, and doing your thing. And, uh, yeah. and that's a, that's a good thing. Like I said, man, we, man, we talked for an hour and I, I feel like we've, uh, I don't feel like we even touched the, the tip of what we could have <laughs> talked about. We, we didn't even dive into that NWA stuff and I, man, I wanted to, but it's like, oh, we, we talked so long. So we'll have yep. to have you back on again yep. in the future, James, and, and dive into okay. some of that other stuff. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. That, that yeah. was that's an interesting, interesting experience. I, the, from the time I got involved to the time it sold, it was, uh, it, it was interesting. For I sure. Yeah. That's a, that's, yeah. that's a wild time for the NWA. It's, yes, uh, yeah. It's a, it's unique. There's a lot, a lot going on. A lot of, you know, people trying to, trying to reestablish it, trying to keep it alive. You know, it kind of was like a, a roller coaster there for a few years. Yeah. And then, uh, uh then it, well, it changed I, shape when it sold to Billy and it's yeah. a, it's a little different beast now. Yeah. I, I was, I was always a, a, a kind of an NWA guy and still am. Mm-hmm. I still have yep. that in my, in my blood, I guess. And, and, yep. I'm, I root for them, you know. I, I do too. I haven't done anything with them in a while, but I, I, I root for them. I got a lot of friends there, and, and yep. you know, so yeah, it's 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 a that's a, a special thing for me too. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned Tim Storm. He's always there, you know. He's done oh, a lot yeah. of commentary, wrestled there. I mean, I had him on the show a long time. Cause Tim's a great guy. I, I mean, just a Tim, smart, great guy. Yeah, I talked to him yesterday. He, he's probably as close a friend as I have. And he, yeah. he and John Layfield, those two two guys are very special friends. And yeah. You know, you, you do pretty good when you got guys like that. Absolutely, yeah, you can't go wrong with that. So, yeah, like I like I said, what to have you on? Especially if, if that book does, if your, if your second book does, you know, get a release date in 2024, we'll have you back on. We'll plug the book, uh-huh. tell a few more stories, uh, and, and, and try to push people to get that book. Uh, but All for right. now, if everybody go out and get the first book, so that you can uh, you can prepare yourself for the second. Uh, but James, <laughs> thank you for your time and thank you for coming on. And everybody, go out. Like I said, order James' book. Go out and see the Iron Claw. Uh, support support that uh, and uh, and watch for James. You know, he never know when when James Beer is going to show up in your area. He's yeah, he's out there. So yeah. But uh, thanks, James, for your time. I appreciate it. And uh, well, like I said, we'll talk to you again in the future. All right, Dave. Anytime. You bet. 
Ladies and gentlemen, Wrestling Fans International Association is back. That's right, the premier fan club association of the 1970s and 1980s has been revived and is back in business. Join today. It's free at the WFIA.org. That's T-H-E-W-F-I-A.org. You can also join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash groups slash WFIA 1969. All right, and welcome back to Wrestling South. I am Dave Dynasty. Special thanks to James Beard for coming on and doing that interview. It was a lot of fun, like I said, and I look forward to having James on again in the near future. Hopefully you enjoyed that interview. Uh, like I said, our first of 2024. I'm excited about uh, what this year is going to bring. we got uh, a lot of special guests lined up, a lot of people I want to talk to, a lot of uh, information that I want to dive into, events, wrestlers, cards, promotions, that you name it, man. I, I want to do some deep dives. I love research. And I love getting into it. So I look forward to 2024. Uh, make sure you uh, subscribe to us on whatever po- podcast platform you like and that you are listening to us. And if the option is there, give us a rating and a review because that helps us in those algorithms and helps us come up as a suggested listen for others. Uh, make sure you follow us on social media. We're on X, Facebook, Instagram, and Threads as Rassel Nostalgia. You can follow me personally on Twitter at The Dave Dynasty. And uh, probably the best way to financially support the show is to go buy one of our shirts. You can go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash TheDaveDynasty. Got a lot of shirts there, a lot to choose from. Uh, Maybe you got a little Christmas money burning a hole in your pocket. Well, hey, go support us. Go buy a shirt. Win-win. And you're kicking your new year off with a bang. Uh, We will be back in two weeks with another episode. And like I said earlier, hey, man, just be positive. Support what you like. Ignore what you don't. Let's have a good year, guys. Let's make wrestling a, uh, a a big success in 2024. So support what you love in the year. Uh, but until that new episode in two weeks, wherever you go and whatever you do, be good, be safe, and always keep on growing. <laughs>